Morning, everybody. It's always good to share together. Bible reading this morning is 1 Corinthians, and it's chapter 15, and I'm reading from verse 1 through to verse 11. And it's entitled, Christ's Resurrection. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast to that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, and then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me, also as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, and I'm not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Hope we can find, raised on the third day, Jesus is alive. In this reading, Paul is reminding the believers of Corinth what they actually believe. And it set me thinking sometimes, I think we need reminding, don't we? I know I certainly do. We need reminding of what we believe. I wonder, what do we believe this morning? I find that as I get a little bit older, that sometimes I think through my beliefs again and again and again. And sometimes little thing, bits may change. I may grow in my belief in certain areas. So I think in time we mature as Christians. We mature in what we believe. We probably understand better what we believed. So raised on the third day, what does it mean? How does it span out? What's the bigger picture? Well, surely for me, as the title, Hope We Can Find, it's about hope. But... The thing is, here's what we say. For instance, obviously I'm going to say, I hope Gateshead win the cup final. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope the kids are okay. I hope the car doesn't break down. And we use that word because we think, this is society in general, we think it's uncertain or it might not happen, don't we? That's the kind of hope that society says. We're not certain. We're a little bit unsure. We err on the side of caution. And yet, 
Our real hope is rooted in history. Our real hope is rooted in the Bible. Our real hope as a Christian theology is totally opposite to that hope. It's totally opposite. And you might say, well, what do you mean it's totally opposite? Because it speaks of a hope that is solid. It speaks of a hope that is beautiful. It speaks of a hope that is sound, that is already confirmed. It's already on the far horizon. And it's waiting for me and you to catch it up. Because we've been reborn into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So our hope is certain. It's not, I hope Gateshead win the cup final. It's totally different. Because Gateshead might win it. They might not. And yet this hope, our Christian hope, it's certain. It's a done deal. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's an inheritance that we, that's you and me, can never perish. Can never spoil. Can never fade. Hope is an inheritance which is ours when we enter into God's family. And you say, well, how do we enter into God's family? We simply enter into God's family by accepting him and accepting who he is and accepting our failings, our wrongsdoing and saying that we're sorry to him. Hope that already has a future from the moment that Jesus rose again. So, Jesus is our living hope if by faith we are connected to him. If you like, Jesus has gone before us. He has led the way. It's a bit like rock climbers. When rock climbers climb a big mountain, they normally go in a team. Yeah? And there's always one guy, we've prayed for leaders this morning, there's always one guy who is a leader, or a woman who is a leader. And what happens is they get so far up the mountain, they will come across at some point a cliff face that just looks too much. And so what normally happens is the lead climber gets his rope and he sets off. And he climbs to the top. And if he makes it, what he does is he makes an anchor. And he fastens the rope to the anchor. And then he passes a rope down to the bottom. And I don't know a lot about rock climbing, but I know that when you're letting people up or down, it's called belaying. Uh, and so what happens is once he's got to the top, he fastens the rope to the anchor so that as the other climbers come up, they will not fall because he will not let them go. He's in the position to draw them up so that they can follow. And he will draw them up into that position. And for me, that's a bit like what, what Christ's done by the resurrection. He's gone before us. And that's how Christian hope works. He's already made it. He's already at the top. He's already waiting. And we are roped to him, every single one of us. Hebrews 6, verse 19 to 20 says... We have an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. Again, a question, do we know where we're going? Do we know where we're going this morning? I've seen Christians face death with this hope, and it is a beautiful thing to watch and see. As sad as it is to lose that person, of course. But I have seen this hope when Christians have faced death and pff, words can't describe 
Words cannot describe. The resurrection of Jesus guarantees for us the final outcome. It shows God's victory over all the enemies, whatever they are. He took our sin. He took my sin, your sin. He paid our debt, fully paid. And if you're anything like me, I've done some dodgy things in my time. Yeah? And yet it tells me here, fully paid. God took my sin, your sin, and paid our debt. Fully paid. There's no greater feeling when you've got a little bit of debt, is there? And when you pay that final payment. Wow. Jesus took my sin and your sin. The outcome was secured before the final whistle, if you like. Have you ever sat? The victory's never in doubt. Have you ever sat with somebody and watched the highlights of a football match? And you actually know the score, and they don't. Yeah? And what you do is you sit there, you're watching a match, and you remain calm. You remain quite chilled. While they get a little bit stressed, they get a little bit nervous, they get a little bit agitated, they start to shout. It's because they don't know the outcome. And you do. And again, many years ago, uh, when my dad was a young Salvation Army minister, so I would have been, what, three or four? I think he was preaching at Easter, and I drew a picture. And I drew a picture, uh, and I think he's still got it, actually. I drew a picture of Jesus dying on the cross. So there's Jesus dying on the cross, and then there's the two guys at each side of him. And then in the sky, there's a face, and he's smiling. And he said, what, what's this, the sun? And in my innocence... I says, no, well, it's Jesus, it's God. And he says, well, why is God laughing? And as a little three or four-year-old, I simply said, because he knows what's going to happen. So he knew the outcome. He knew the outcome. The resurrection is the same as the game that we watched. It's the final score. Remember that famous phrase? They think it's all over. Well, it is now. It is. It is now. Ours is a living hope. It's a certain hope. It's not unsure, or it shouldn't be unsure. The resurrection is the basis of our whole spiritual life. We talk about proof. Who needs proof? We read in Scripture. There's a grave. It's empty. There's no body. Archaeologists are very good these days. Have they ever found Jesus' body? Have they ever found any bones? The answer is no. The disciples probably needed a little bit of persuading. But then we read people saw him. People witnessed to him. 500. Now if I did something weird in here this morning. And one person went from here and said. Oh guess what Paul did in church this morning. I would hazard a guess nobody would believe. But because there's quite a few of you, if you all went and told somebody, yeah, they're more likely to believe. Well, it's telling us here, 500. That's a lot of people who saw Jesus. And not just that, but the disciples were transformed overnight from a weak, cowardly bunch, because they were at times, and we are at times, of men into a fearless group of men who preached and performed miracles in the power of 
the risen Saviour. There was prophetic evidence in Scripture. Things foretold. Lives were changed. Lives have continued to be changed right down through history. I heard Derek this morning recalling the change in his life. Again, it's witness to the risen Saviour. Paul said, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is a delusion and you are still lost in your sins. The gospel's worthless. Suffering's worthless. Hope beyond the grave is worthless. Christian faith without the resurrection is worthless. And the great thing is, we can all, including society, can share in his resurrection yeah, we've got to face physical death like everyone, but we are assured a future with Christ in a new spiritual existence and in a new and more wonderful body. Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried. Christ was raised on the third day. We've already said he appeared to many. But what's important is Christ died and Christ was raised. And by Christ being raised, he has opened the way for all who will repent of their wrongdoing, their sin. A word that we don't really like today, do we? Their sin and turn to him. What Christ did reconciles sinners to himself. And this loving gospel of hope changes people's lives. It doesn't only change their lives, it changes their direction. But more importantly, it changes their destination. So it changes our direction, but more importantly, our destination. And only God's grace can save us. And we need humility in all that we do. What a difference grace made for Paul. He had persecuted the church, and yet now he labours for it more than anyone. Same grace for me and you, no matter what we've done, if we truly say that we're sorry to God, then He can change us and we change our ways. We change the way we live. We change the way we look at things. And it was in a garden where Jesus was resurrected. And I thought about this and I thought, well, a garden speaks of life. A garden speaks of love. And a garden speaks of light. And then I thought of the cross. And what the cross declares. And the cross declares simply this. The love of God. And it also declares the sin of man. And then the cross demands. It demands repentance. We need to say we're sorry. And forgiveness. And it demands acceptance. We need to accept it for ourselves. But then sadly, as we all know, sometimes the cross divides. Some are blind and don't see it. And some are blessed and receive it. The cross, the resurrection, equal the work of grace, the necessity of the cross, the sufficiency of the cross, the provision of the cross. 
the way to glory is completely finished. The assurance we can have now, the acceptance we can take, we need faithfulness to trust and we need to not fear doubt. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept that all he said, if he didn't, then why worry about anything he said? It's not about liking his teachings, but whether or not he rose from the dead. The resurrection is the inauguration of God's kingdom. The message is, a new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ, and we are now invited to belong to it. So this morning, what do we believe? Is the resurrection central to our belief? What hope do we find? Now many years ago, we lived in Derbyshire and we were out and about in a village and we came across a little village in Derbyshire and it is called Hope. What a lovely place to live. Beautiful little village. Derbyshire, beautiful scenery. But could you imagine if you live there and people say, where do you live? And you could say, I live in hope. Well, simply my message this morning is simply this. As Christians, we have a certain hope. Not the kind of hope we mentioned in the beginning. I hope this happens. I hope that happens. I hope that happens. This is a certain hope. It's a totally different hope. Do we believe it this morning? Have we got that hope? Can we say this morning that we, the band wants to start to come back, do we live in hope? Are we assured? Can we say with confidence? Can we face death like I've seen some people face it? It's an amazing thing to see. You know, that we've got that hope. Everything's been done. It's all sorted. All we have to do is remain faithful and keep going even when it gets tough. And it does get tough. It's reality. Reality. We're not told that we become a Christian and everything's sorted. We've never been told that. But we have a hope and a sure foundation. I wonder this morning, what is my hope and what is your hope? Let's just share a prayer together. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we just thank you for your love. And we thank you that you love each and every one of us so much that you sent your only son to die for each and every single one of us. And we can never thank you enough for that. But we thank you that we don't have to have, as it were, a wishy-washy hope, but we have a certain hope and that hope is in you and we thank you for your resurrection and we thank you for your provision of eternal life for each and every one of us that accept you as our Lord and Saviour. And we just pray this morning that you'll continue to speak to us, to encourage us, to challenge us and, uh, and to move us forward in, in you and to grow our faith so that we, we're closer to you than we were yesterday. And help us not only to look at ourselves but help us to look out 
and look at others. Help us to create little ministries wherever we live, whatever we do, whatever we think is ministry. Just being there for people, that's ministry. A kind word, doing their shopping, uh, walking with them, talking with them, listening to them. It's all ministry, Father. And we just pray that as a church and as individuals that we will reach people for you and for your kingdom. So bless us now as we come into our final part of this worship together and meeting together and fill us with your spirit and let us go out with the same resurrection power as the disciples and be changed people that reach even more people for your kingdom. We pray these things in your name. And we pray these things because we love you. Amen. Amen. Amen.